And, but I think it's really appropriate because we're coming up in a season at a time where uh, we're going to have uh, a lot of encounters with a lot of people yeah. who are uh, more susceptible to the gospel, to the good news of Jesus, uh, than ever before. So we're, we're like in prime waters right now. And uh, you're going to be dealing with family members and friends and, and you know, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's Christmas time, right? Black Friday is over. All the demons have manifested. It is smooth sailing. <laughs> smooth sailing into Christmas. Where are my Black Friday people at? No. You know, they say that 59% of shopping, it's the first time this has happened uh, ever, 59% of uh, people will get their Christmas presents online this year. Amen. The world is progressively moving forward uh, and getting smarter. So where are my online shoppers at? Yes. Yes. There are no lines. <clears throat> so uh, hook, this is, this is the, the fourth message in our Hooked series. And, and Hooked number four is called Overcoming Temptation. It's been an awesome series. And, and we started with the idea that Jesus calls us fishermen, right? He calls us fishermen. And if, we've, uh, if, if we have placed our faith in him, then we've been hooked by his grace and we're now called to fish, just like Pastor did when he's buying a car. We've been called to fish for the souls that are around us. In order to do that, we have to get out of the shore break, amen? We've been there the last two weeks and onto the open seas of this great big life that God has called us to. So we've been called to be fishers of men. This is the calling of Jesus, right? Go and you'll be fishers of men. But uh, today I want to introduce us to the idea that we're not the only fishermen on the waters. We're not the only one out there trying to catch something. Satan is a fisherman as well, right? The devil is a fisherman as well. Isn't it interesting that, that everything God does, the devil doesn't come up with anything new. He just takes what God already did and he perverts it just a little bit. He is the great imposter. The Bible doesn't say that the devil runs around like we dress our kids up at Halloween on the square, which I'll never understand, with a pitchfork and jump out and try to stab you in your eyeball. That's not the way the enemy works. No, the Bible says that he disguises himself as an angel of light. He is a wolf in sheep's clothing. This guy is not coming out there making himself known. He is the great imposter. The greatest that there's ever been. But he's not genuine. He's not the real deal. But it's funny. God says, I'm going to make you fishers of men. So the devil says, you know what I'm going to do? I'll become a fisherman too. I'll be almost like God's children. There's only going to be one difference. I'm not fishing for fish. I'm fishing for fishermen. Right? We're not the only one on the waters, guys. We're not the only one on the waters. You know, I've always loved to fish as, as, as long as I can remember I loved to fish still do still love to fish love the outdoors and and uh, I, I was fishing with a buddy one time I was in high school I was probably 17 so this wasn't during my my brighter years amen this wasn't during my my uh, you know some people call them formative years they weren't real formative for me <laughs> they were rough years but I was fishing with a buddy, and, and, uh, and I'll never forget, I, I had my, my, my reel, and we were fishing this big pond of a friend of ours, and, and, and I mean, it was just loaded with bass. And I'm fishing with a, a, a baby one. You know what a baby one? It's a shallow running, a small crankbait, runs about 8, 10 inches under the water, and all you got to do is reel. This is fishing for, no, for people that don't know how to fish, right? You cast, you reel. That's all you do. And we were destroying these bass on these baby ones, just killing them, killing them. And so after you catch like 30 or 40 bass, you get bored, right? You get bored. And so a buddy of mine thought it would be cool because these are the kinds of friends that I had. He thought it'd be cool if while I'm fishing, if he took his and he casts over near me just to try to scare me a little bit, right? 
And whenever he did, I'm fishing, man. I am in this. I'm, I'm catching bass and I'm in this. And the next thing I know, I feel something hit the very top of my head. Now, back then, I didn't have a buzz cut like this. I had an old school flat top. You know what I'm talking about? Down to the barber. Uh, it, yeah. So I had the old school flat top, and mine was, mine was well filled in, nice and thick. And, uh, but I had just had a new cut, and, and you know, the but, y'all remember butch wax? They put the butch wax on the front, and, 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 and Jeff knows what I'm talking about. And, and, and so this thing was like a runway for a yellow jacket, man. It was like, and so this baby one lands on top of my head, and both treble hooks, because two sets of treble hooks on it, both sets of treble hooks went through and Barb went all the way through. I don't know how it happened. Double hooked my scalp. Double hooked my scalp. I've got two treble hooks stuck in the top of my head. You believe it when I tell you who it is. Ask me after church. I'll tell you who it is. <laughs> so I got these treble hooks stuck in my head. And, and uh, of course, I, I stopped fishing and, and we go and, and we... we he, He's like, oh, I'm so sorry, man. I was just joking around. Well, it's not a joke anymore. I got a baby one in my head. You know, it's not funny anymore. And, uh, and so we go to his house. We, we talk to his dad, and his dad's like, oh, it's no big deal. Come here. And dad gets out a pocket knife, and he cuts two little pieces of skin on top of my head and pops the lure out, right? No big deal. It was a big deal. It was awful. <laughs> but let me tell you something. There's something that happens to every fisherman when he gets hooked while he's fishing. Every, every single time. 100% rule. You, you want to find out if it's true, let's go fishing today. Every single time a fisherman gets hooked, he does one thing. He stops fishing. As soon as that baby one was hooked in my scalp, I was no longer interested in catching fish. The only thing I became interested in was getting unhooked. And today, God wants to unhook some of us, from what the enemy's been doing in our lives so we can get back to our purpose and our calling, and that's fishing for the souls that are around us. Happens every time. Happens every time. You're fishing, and you get hooked, you stop fishing. It ain't no longer about being, about catching anything because you're caught. And this happens to all of us. You fish long enough, you're eventually going to get hooked. But you got to know what to do when you get hooked. You get unhooked. What do we do when the catcher becomes the caught, when the fisherman becomes the fish, becomes the fished? What do we do? Maybe some of you are in here today and, and you, you can be honest with yourself and say, man, I, 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 I'm, I used to fish. But somewhere along the way, the enemy has hooked me and gotten me distracted from my purpose and my calling. The way the devil hooks us is through a word called temptation. Everybody say temptation. temptation. This is what he does. This is his game. You could go all the way back to the beginning in Genesis and you watch the way he interacts with Eve and he does what he does best. The imposter comes in and offers her something that she already has. Yeah, <laughs> but it's just not quite the same as what God was giving. And she gets hooked by the enemy. Adam comes along. He takes the bait as well. When he takes it, all of humanity is hooked along with him. The only way to become unhooked from the grip of the enemy is through the cross of Jesus. We've talked about that, right? It's through the cross of Jesus. But just because you get unhooked, you get saved, you get on fire, we're going to go win the world, doesn't mean he's still not casting, right? Jesus is the master caster. The devil is the caster of disaster. That's, that's Ed Young. I wish I could take credit for it, but he's that's good, right? Y'all like that? Temptation. James 1, 2 says, consider it wholly joyful. This is the worst verse in the Bible right here. Consider it 
wholly joyful, my brethren, whenever you are enveloped in or encounter trials of any sort or fall into various temptations. Isn't this great? We're going to go out today and the enemy is going to tempt us. There's going to be trials. There's going to be areas of our faith that are tested, that, are, that, that the enemy presents something to us, and we are going to have a choice. Do we choose Jesus or do we take the bait of the enemy? Isn't that exciting? Aren't you all excited to leave church today? <laughs> Temptation, what does it mean? It just simply means to test. Look the word up. It means to test. There is a test. Can I tell you something? Temptation is not a bad thing. It's whenever we act on the temptation instead of rely on God as our source to overcome it that it becomes a bad thing. But the opportunities, the trials, the temptations that are presented to us are simply put there by the enemy as tests to show what's really in us. What is really in us? And when those lures come by, sometimes some of us, including myself, are a little bit surprised by what desire was lurking in there to make me want to act on that temptation. It's a test. James 1.3 says, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. So we're in James chapter 1 this morning. You go home and read the whole chapter, an awesome chapter in the Bible, but it deals a lot with temptation. And so temptation, it produces something in us. So it's not all bad. And you say, well, 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 why does God put these temptations out there for us? God's not tempting you today. God's not sending lures of, of sin by you today to try to get you to do something wrong. That's not the God we serve. You say, how do you know? Because James 1.13 says, when someone is tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. Who's tempting you? The devil. And he's finding areas of your flesh that you have not yet surrendered to God. And he's saying, I'll find an area that they haven't quite surrendered to Jesus yet. And, and, I'll, and I'll custom design a lure specifically for that area. So don't look and say, God, why are you tempting me? God's saying, no, I've given you everything you need. I've given you the Holy Spirit in you to overcome these temptations to prove that the God in you is bigger than the temptations that are coming at you. The devil tempts us to make us wrong. God uses temptation to make us strong. You're not going to stop it from coming. But James 1.13, when, when, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when he's dragged away by their own desires and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when it's full grown, it gives birth to lust. Right? When you teach this uh, in in the youth group, you you do lust, sin, death. Right? LSD. Stay off of the LSD. It's not good for you. Right? Then it gets a little cheesy for adults. But I did anyways. Y'all like that? Watch out for the LSD. So the enemy has lures that he tempts us with. Y'all ever seen a lure before, a fishing lure? It's a nice one. It's called spinnerbait, right? Specifically, it's called a war eagle. It's a bad mamma jamma right there, right? Got you a four-aught hook on it, nice. Double-bladed. I mean, this is a nice spinnerbait. This is a... Really nice spinnerbait. i got to be careful up here because the war eagle will hook you. I ain't trying to be a hooked fisherman this morning. This is really nice. It's, a, it's, a, it's kind of a big spinnerbait. You don't want to go fish for, for, for little minis, right? This, this, would, this would scare off small fish, right? You're fishing for the big boys when you tie the war eagle on. Uh, you're, you're, looking for, you're looking for something. You're looking for a trophy bass. And so, but this is, this is a really nice Spinnerbait has been specifically designed, scientifically engineered to catch big bass. And what happens is you tie this on, you throw it out, and everything about this thing is used to 
entice a big bass to come out of hiding, to come out of his safe place and go out and eat it for what he thinks is going to be a yummy lunch. But what I know the war eagle can do is hook that beast and put him in my grease. Right? What I know this thing can do is hook that beast so that beast can become a trophy on my wall. That's what the enemy wants to do. John 10.10 says the enemy is not interested in coddling you. He's not interested in being your friend. He's not interested in making you feel better about your life. He is interested in killing you, stealing everything that you have, and destroying your life. This joker is not on your team. He doesn't like you. And he is custom making, custom designing lures just like this war eagle to try to entice you from the safe place, the hiding place of Jesus. And he's doing it by finding areas in your life that are not yet surrendered to God. How many of you know you you can get born again and still have areas of your life that you have not given over to Jesus yet? You can be going to heaven, but still have hidden areas in your heart, rooms in your heart that Jesus does not have the keys to yet, right? You're on your way to heaven. Truthfully, I'm probably talking about all of us. I would call them uncrucified areas of our lives, but the enemy has lures that he uses, and I like this, this, this spinnerbait a whole lot. But the first lure, the the first way he lures us is through the lure of deception. The lure of deception. The enemy makes things look more appealing than they really are. See, this thing has been custom designed to look like a yummy lunch for that big bass. But really, it's kind of deceiving because if he could, if he would just take a moment and really examine the lure and take a look at it, he would find out that there's no flesh on this that would digest There's just metal, and then there's this big, nasty war eagle hook with a big, nasty barb to ensure that whenever he takes the bait, it's not going to get off. Deception. Every single lure that the enemy puts in front of you is going to begin with deception. It's going to look like something that it's actually not. Isn't that how temptation works? Temptation works. It looks so amazing. I mean, that thing looks so good. It looks like exactly what I've been dreaming of. (laughs) Man, that thing looks like what I have been promised by God. God promised me success. Man, that thing looks just like success. God promised me a mate. Man, this looks just like the soulmate that I've been dreaming of. Right? I'll try not to go to sleep. But deception. Deception is the key. I promise you, this thing looks like it tastes a lot better than it actually does. You know what you can do on some lures too? You can even, because, because the, the enemy, this lure is designed to entice every single sense that a bass has, right? In some lures, you can even get scent and drip it on your lure to entice your sense of smell as well. Quit preaching my sermon. Deception. Listen to me, that thing that the enemy is putting in front of you is not what it seems. Proverbs says there's a way that seems right to man, but the end thereof is death. Man, it looks like the thing to do. You read in Proverbs, uh, was it six or seven? Proverbs six. Man, you find this this young man and he's just walking home from work and all of a sudden it says he walked by the corner of, that the crafty harlot lived on. Just walking by. 
And she says, I've got my bed made for you, baby. Papa's not home. He ain't going to be home for a good while. Why don't you come over and lay in my silk sheets? Read Proverbs 6. And the Bible says that they filled themselves with love for the night, but that he was swallowed in death by the harlot. This thing is deceptive. It is after every single thing that God has ever given you. It will dress itself up. It will make itself look right. It it will do anything. The enemy will do anything he can. And he knows it's not by exposing himself for who he really is. So I have the wonderful pleasure of standing up here and telling you who this guy who's been flirting with you really is. I'm not talking about an actual guy. I'm talking about the enemy. Who is this thing that we've been dancing with? And what is it really interested in? Killing, stealing, and destroying. These aren't games that the enemy plays. The enemy never plays games. We play games. Right? We play games. Devil don't play games. He wants to gut you and put you on his wall and laugh in the process. He wants to destroy your marriage. He wants to destroy your relationship with your children. He doesn't want you sitting in this church. He wants you to, 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 to destroy each other. Hates us. And we're out there playing games. I'll just look at it. It's pretty. Deception. The next thing about this lure that I notice is is these two beautiful spinners. You can't see it from your seat, but one is silver and one is gold, multicolored. And these things, when it's in the water, these things are spinning and they're catching every ounce of light in the water and they're reflecting it and it's flashing. I mean, this thing is flashing and bashing. It's beautiful to watch a spinnerbait go through the water. Gorgeous. You know what that is? These spinners remind me of the lure of greed. The flash and the cash of the sexy life. Right? The one that we always dream of. When we drive by our neighbor's houses and we see their new cars, you drive by and see that Brand new used Toyota. What is it? RAV4. Suckers blinging down the road. That brand new used one. No, no, but but we do it. We do it. Buddy, old Chip, Chip's got that little Lexus SUV. That thing's nice. Now, I'm not, now, don't get me wrong. I don't care what you drive, honestly. You drive any of that stuff. But the enemy uses greed to tempt us, to try to get us to live in a place that, that we, 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 we aren't yet. And that greed will cause us to do things that maybe we're not ready for yet. But the flash and the cash comes cruising by, and we are like, wow. We are enticed. We see them suckers spinning on Facebook, don't we? Everybody else's life is more flashy and better than ours, right? Everybody else's highlight reel is better than our highlight reel. My wife and I were talking about it last night because that's all Facebook is, is the highlight reel, right? Post a picture of yourself when you wake up, right? Serious? Everybody's like, oh, I love my kids so much. Post what you called them. Post the real words. Post what you called them when you lost your temper. No, all we do is put the flash and the cash, the sexiness of our life. And then we see it. You see, these spinners appeal to the sense of the bass. They appeal to his eyes. He sees the light reflecting. He sees it moving past. He sees it spinning gloriously through the water. And he cannot resist the double-bladed war eagle. 
There's a silver one and a gold one. That's funny because Peter said silver and gold I don't have. But what I have comes from heaven. But the lure of greed will cause us to want a little more than what heaven's provided. We'll need to go get, get, and get. The only problem is the lure of greed is there's never enough. It's a bottomless pit. You know, the next thing I notice about this uh, war eagle spinnerbait. This is a nice spinnerbait. Skip would like this. So the next thing I notice about this spinnerbait is, is, is this chartreuse and white skirt that it's wearing. You see, the next thing I want to talk about is the lure of lust. Because this is a beautiful skirt. And do you know what I like especially about this lure? If I don't like this skirt, they're interchangeable. I can put whatever kind of skirt I want on this thing. The skirt on this lure is uh, one of the most dangerous. What I see in our culture, in our culture, in, in, in the way the enemy is uh, trying to destroy the church from the inside out, and, and he's trying to destroy believers' lives, is he takes this lure of lust, he takes the skirt, and, and he dances the skirt past us, Right? And, and if you're a lady in here, you, you would think that doesn't apply to me, but I wish I could dress him up in a pair of tight-fitting Wranglers, right? <laughs> Maybe we'll go get one of those. And so what these bass do is they become mesmerized by the skirt, and so they chase the skirt. But But what they don't understand about the skirt it's almost impossible to resist is that underneath this skirt isn't what you think Mm. what's under the skirt isn't what you always dreamed of I don't want to be too graphic Y'all should be so thankful my daughter comes to church now. (laughs) I've tamed them down a little bit. But this skirt is dangerous, guys. And that lure of lust that I've known takes so many down. Right? And see, you, you would say, well, don't talk about that, man. This is, this is, this. Don't talk about that because, because, You know, if we, if we start really getting into this thing, uh, you know, people might not come back. But, you know, we love your family. We're committed to your marriage. You ought to be glad that you have friends that are more committed to your marriage than you are. Right? Right? So... I don't know. There's probably several other churches in town and they don't ever preach about the skirt. But this thing is destroying lives. It's chewing up churches. It's, it's, it's taking down pastors quicker than, than, than they can put them back in the pulpit. Right? Well, this sucker comes dancing by and we go, sweet mother of God. Almost impossible to resist. We are a sex-crazed, sex-obsessed culture. And, and, and see, the enemy knows that. And so he brings this into our lives. Let me tell you something. If there is capability, if there is a place in your heart that you have not surrendered, and I'm not even talking about surrendered to your spouse, If there is a place in your heart of lust that you have not surrendered to the Lord Jesus, that you have not allowed to be nailed to that cross, the enemy knows it, and he is custom designing a skirt just for you. You got to know this. Now, there's responsibility on both sides for that, right? 
Because right now we're all thinking of the, 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 the men, and, 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 but it's not just the men. If there's a spirit of perversion in your life, man or woman, he's going to find somebody else with a spirit of perversion and he will dance them right in front of your space because, face because like spirits attract. And so we've got to guard our hearts, guard our relationships because this thing is taking too many people out. God loves you. The devil hates you. He is after you. It knows no age bounds. It knows no race bounds. It knows no ugly bounds. Like some people are like, oh man, she's safe. No, she ain't. Don't you think just because she ain't a looker, it ain't going to happen, right? Right? My God, he's good. Might as well be a eunuch, man. <laughs> no, no. It has nothing to do with any of that. This is a spirit. This is a spirit that's dancing by, and it entices us. The only problem is, is underneath every unordained skirt is not what you think. It's a hook. And it wants to drag you straight to the pits of hell and rip you to shreds. I'll move on. The next thing that these spinners do as they go through the water is they make the perfect noise. Makes the perfect noise, right? Right, so if I can't entice them with their eyes, if I can't entice them with their appetite, I'm going to entice them with another sense. I'll get their ears. I'll make the right noise to entice them over here. Reminds me of the lure of gossip that the enemy sends cruising by. It makes just the right noise to say, what did you say? You said what? She she did what? Tell me more. (laughs) What? I heard, you heard that? Who told you? Wow. That's why we got people sitting on this side that ain't sitting by people on that side. Right? That gossip, man, the enemy is just getting us. He just, he'll, listen, he wants to do whatever he can do. The last one is the lure of pride. And really that, that lure is on every single one of these. Every, it's, it's on the skirt. It's on the spinners. It's the way it looks. It's the way it smells. It's the way, it's every single thing. Because pride says, just straight up, I want that. I want that. I deserve that. Come on, I've been working so hard for so long. I'm underappreciated, overworked. I deserve what I want. And that thing cruising by looks like what I want. I need that. If it begins with I, that's always how pride is spelled. I want that. Every single one of these, pride has been the lure that ultimately the enemy is acting on in our hearts. Because we just say, you know what? That I've been enticed, and I feel like acting on that enticement. I want that. Pride. But we've got to ask ourselves, what is it that's in us that is causing us to respond to the enticements of the enemy? What is it that's in us? You know, the, the, one of the greatest days of fishing I have ever had, I was a, a young man, I think I was like 15 or something, across the street from our house, there was this huge, like, uh, Eloy's Rocky Creek Lake, how big was Rock Creek? 25 acres? 30 acres? I mean, it's like, this is a lake. This, this ain't no pond. Like, if you, you, it'd take you all day just to walk around the bank and fish it. And so it was a really cold, freezing cold, like 40 degrees, one of those bone-chilling colds, like it's like kind of misting, and the wind was blowing. There were white caps on the lake. 
and we go get us this little John boat. It's me and two of my buddies, and we go to this little John boat, and we got us an old battery and a trolling motor, because you ain't paddling through these through these white caps on this lake. And it is the worst possible day to fish. I'm in coveralls. It's freezing cold. And so we start fishing and we are catching nothing. I had a blue fleck power worm just like it's on here right now. And I had it Texas rigged, which is where the weight would normally sit, where the weight would normally sit right on top of the worm. So the worm is doing this on the bottom, right? And, and so I had it, Texas rig like that, and we're fishing and fishing and fishing. And I decided, you know, this isn't working. So, so I'm going to change my setup here. And I changed my setup to a Carolina rig. And, and what a Carolina rig does is it puts the weight like right up here. And the weight goes to the bottom while the worm is suspended in the air. Right? And I began to fish that blue fleck power worm, and I got a bite. Got a bite, but I missed the fish. And so fish some more, nothing. Fish more, nothing. So I thought, you know what? Since this thing's not biting, I'm going to change my worm. And I took the blue fleck off, and, and, I, and I had a secret weapon that I hadn't told any of my buddies about. And, and it was a rare color, tough to find. It was a pumpkin seed power worm. You know about that pumpkin seed. They're hard to find. Hard to find. Go to Cabela's most of the time, pumpkin seed's out. Right? So I put that pumpkin seed power worm on there, and I proceeded to catch five fish over four pounds, just destroying them. Had so much fun. I mean, just, just, I mean, I'm just wearing them out. I mean, I'm just like, man. And my buddies were like, what did you do? So you know what they did? They changed from Texas rig to a Carolina rig. And they, and, and, but they've got their, you know, tequila sunrise and different power worms on there. And, and so, James, don't let me get you. Matt, watch out. And so they start fishing, but they don't have the secret ingredient, right? I had found, isn't it crazy? Underneath the water, a blue fleck power worm wasn't working. And, and the, the, take it off the, the baffle. How's that look, Dad? Take a bite. <laughs> it made all the difference. And the enemy is doing exactly what he needs to do. Let me tell you something. He never grows weary in fishing for you. And when one doesn't work, I promise you, he ties another one on. You ready for another one? <laughs> he ties another one on. Oh, missed it. But he is looking for the perfect setup to destroy your life. This is why we have to be so clued into Jesus. We've got to be so clued in what the Holy Spirit's doing. Listen, what is in us that's causing us to take the bait of the enemy. See, there's something in us. There's something in there. But listen to what Jesus says, John 14, 30, in verse 31. This is crazy. He, he, said, he tells his disciples, I will not talk with you much more, for the prince, the evil genius ruler of this world, that's Satan, is coming, and he has no claim on me. He has nothing in common with me, and there is nothing in me that belongs to him and he has no power over me how many of us can really listen to me the devil had done everything he could do to try to entice jesus and jesus stands up and says let me tell you why the temptations of the enemy are not working in my life because there is nothing in me that belongs to him everything in me has has been given to the father and until we get to a place to where those areas of, uh, that are in our lives that are, have not been surrendered to God have been dealt with and taken care of, there is a lure that will be effective for you and me. So if you find yourself acting on these temptations and you say, I just can't stop. 
He has a pumpkin seed power worm, Carolina rigs, and he's working it at just the right speed and just the right spot to get you to act. And when that doesn't work, he'll try something else. The areas of our lives that have not been turned over to God are are access points for the enemy. He knows what these are, and he custom designs our temptations accordingly. So how do I overcome these temptations? Here's what I'll do. I'll ignore them. When, 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 When that comes by, whenever that comes up, I'll just... Right? I won't look, I swear. What do we do? We'll just ignore them. I know what I'll do. I'll be more grateful for what I have. Let me know how that's working for you. Here's what I'll do. Here's what I'll do. I'll just focus. People say, hey, I I won't have an affair. I won't do anything. Here's what I'll do. I'll focus on the love that I have for my wife and my kids. Tell every single person that I I, uh, uh, marriage counsel. You'll never love your wife enough to not cheat on. I'll never love that woman enough to keep me out of bed with another one. Well, my husband loves me that much. I love my husband. Really? I tell every single person, and they look at me like, are you kidding me? Listen, and, and then you really get them. You're like, you're like, you're like, you're like I'm telling them. I said, look, he's coming. Jesus said, the devil is coming, but there's nothing in me for him to act. He's coming. He's coming. Here it comes. They said, well, here's what I'll do. I'll just, because how many of y'all love your kids? Here's what'll work. Y'all. Here's what I'll do. I'll just focus on my love for my children. You'll never love your kids enough to keep you from taking this. There's only one love that will keep you out of the situations of sin in your life. And that's the love, their crosses aren't up there anymore. That's the love that comes from the Father. There's only one thing that keeps me out of another woman's bed. And it's not how good looking she is. It's not how amazing she is. It's not all the great things that she does. It's not how much I love her or how much I love my children. Because if it was true, then people would not make the mistakes they make. Because I know that everybody loves their wife and kids. But they still take the bait. Why? Because the love of the Father hasn't filled that void. You see, Jesus said, there's nothing in me that belongs to Satan. See, what all this is, what I'm talking about right now, is your flesh. These areas of our lives that we guard and protect ourselves instead of surrender to the Lord Jesus and they get us in trouble every single time. So how do I overcome it? James 1.5 says, if anyone lacks wisdom, ask God, and he'll give it to you. What is wisdom? 1 Corinthians 1.23 says, if we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews, foolishness to the Gentiles, but to those to, to whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. What all that is saying is, what is the wisdom of God? The wisdom of God is Jesus hanging on that cross. The wisdom of God is Jesus taking care of every single thing that you couldn't take care of yourself on the cross. You want wisdom from God? Go to the cross. You want healing from God? Go to the cross of Jesus. You, you want to keep yourself out of those situations that have been enticing you and destroying you and those around you? Go to the cross of Jesus because that is the only place that these areas can be dealt with. Amen. This is not a message to make us victims to the enemy's relentless attack. I feel like right now, if we leave right now, everybody's like, oh my God, the devil's killing me. (gasps) (gasps) Right? (laughs) That's why why people video the sermons. I'm like, why are they always videoing? They're like, I'm waiting for it. (laughs) I will go viral when that hook is sticking out of your mouth. This is not a message that we're victims. It's not, listen, we just ended at the cross. We are victorious. There is a way out. There is a way to victory. There's a way to overcome. And it comes from Jesus and what he has accomplished. 
that's the only way. And that's the message of victory. That's the message of salvation. That's the message of provision. It's a message that victory is guaranteed through the Father's relentless protection and provision. No matter what the enemy is passing in front of us, the Father has provided something greater for us. It's the cross of Jesus. You say, that's just not that exciting. I know. This is way more exciting, isn't it? But that one will cause life. This one will cause death. I'm not a victim to the enemy, but I'm victorious through Christ. I didn't want to beat anybody down with this message. I didn't want to make you feel bad about yourself in this message, but, but, but here's what I'm praying. I pray that the Holy Spirit, and listen to me, every single message that preach is an opportunity for us to evaluate ourselves, right? Not for us to go, oh, sweet Jesus, he was really preaching of so-and-so. Well, you missed the whole deal. You missed the whole, you missed the whole message. Because you were thinking about how that applied to so-and-so. You took the bait. Satan is fishing for fishermen because when he catches one, he doesn't just catch the fishermen, but all the fish that they were going to catch. Did you know that there's so much locked up on the inside of you? Did you know that there's, there's, there's so much purpose, so much value, so much destiny locked up on the inside of you? And you know what's crazy is other people's destinies are tied to ours. <laughs> there's so much locked up he's fishing for fishermen because if he can catch a fisherman he catches the fish that they would have caught also that's why his his tactic is what it is the father is calling us to him so we can get on with our purpose nudge somebody and say let's get on with our purpose let's get on with our purpose let's fish let's fish when we succumb to temptation it shrinks our heart for the loss but when we overcome temptation there's nothing better than when this comes cruising by and you say god please give me the strength to overcome this temptation father i'm looking for you i'm looking to you for help in overcoming this i'm looking to draw from your life and your strength that pours out from from the cross so I don't have to say yes to this because this isn't the sin. This is the sin. Father, give me the strength. Whenever I can, and and you know what? Whenever this thing passes by and I don't take it, I say, yes, Jesus is doing this thing because there's no way in my right mind, in in my life, in my own strength, I could have ever said no to the war eagle. But I said no because Jesus is bigger in me than the temptation is in front of me. When we succumb to temptation, it shrinks our heart for the lost. But when we overcome it, it enlarges our heart. Because when I say no to this, then I can, then the Father's focus goes, is, is clear in my life. And I can say, okay, I'm not messing around being distracted by what the enemy's offering. But I see clearly what God has called me to do. And that's fish for this community, fish for my family, fish for those that are living apart from Jesus Christ. God has given us a heart for the unsaved. And if he hasn't, it might be because we've been hooked by the enemy. Y'all have noticed my friend up here? Y'all see my friend? You know, his name's Lightning, and he had another friend named Midnight. But Midnight's destiny was different than Lightning's. <laughs> Lightning made it. He's a fighter. He's been through a lot. Right? He really has. And <clears throat> it's my job to keep him safe. And he's, he's a good fish. Good fish. I paid 50 cents for him. But uh, Lightning is coming into his last days. I am sorry to tell you all this. Oh, I wouldn't swallow him. I'm just going to leave him. Can you all see him? Leave him right there. And see what happens when this comes cruising by. 
and we take the bait and we get hooked, we immediately quit fishing, right? Lightning's dying right now. And I don't care that lightning's dying because all I care about is this. But what happens is after I come to Jesus and I say, Father, give me a heart for the lost again. Give me a heart to fish again. Give me a heart for those that are dying around me again. And I get unhooked from the distractions of the enemy. And I come back to my senses and I go, oh my God, lightning, you're dying. You want to know what's crazy about that? Is some of us in this room, we're more heartbroken about lightning laying on this table than we are about the people going to hell around us. We were more worried about a goldfish on a table than we are about our neighbors and friends and family that are going to hell apart from Jesus Christ. What has happened to the church whenever, whenever a goldfish will break our heart, but people won't? Help oh, me, Jesus. I set y'all up good for that one, didn't I? <laughs> but it's true, how many of y'all were broken over the goldfish? How many of y'all were sitting there thinking, what is that fool doing killing that goldfish? Father, give us a heart for the lost. Father, let our heart for the lost be greater than our heart for this fish. Because we're called to fish for people. We're called to bring them from death to life. But sometimes we get distracted by the enemy's temptations. So today I'm praying that you expose those temptations and that we can unhook so we can see those that are floundering around us. Maybe breathing their last breath today, I don't know. But if you put them in our path, let us be the ones that share the good news of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand clap.